This podcast is brought to you by the Stained Glass Collective. Go to stainedglasscollective.com for more content like this. Today on $5 Film Club, we devour The Revenant along with a side of bison heart. Check it out. To five dollar film club. My name is Alex George, and I'm Zach. Right? We are two people who love movies. Do you love movies? I love movies. See, not lying. Uh, <laughs> em- empirical fact, right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look. Are you going to try and disagree with what we just said about the way we feel? Are you going to try and mansplain that to us? Uh, <laughs> This is the show where Zach and I sit down and watch movies on the cheap. We uh, go to places like Redbox or Netflix mm-hmm. and try to watch movies for less than $5 every week. And so far, we've been going to Redbox every week and mm-hmm. been spending like a dollar thirty, something like $1.50. Um, very cheap at Redbox uh, to go watch the same movie you go see on a big screen. Mm-hmm. But you know what? At the big screen, you're going to spend $11. At home, you're only going to spend a buck fifty, and then you get to hear us yammer on about it. Uh, the Revenant was a movie that was nominated for many an Oscar during mm-hmm. a year that was called Too White. Too White. Too many white people mm-hmm. nominated for Oscars. No people, no black people were nominated for Oscars this year, including for technical Oscars, none. I don't think any persons of color were nominated. Uh, I think that depends on your definition of color. Uh, I mean, Alejandro G. Inaritu is uh, Mexican, I believe. Gotcha. And he won. He won for this picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also, I, I thought it was interesting. I remember sitting and watching it. Um, there's a bunch of Australians that won for Mad Max Fury Road, uh, which That's- is just weird. Like, it's weird when, like, there's all this controversy. And obviously, that I think that controversy is specifically true for black people. But there's a lot of, like, weird, like, hey, here's, here's some foreign people winning for... Uh, you know, The Revenant, Ennio Morricone, I think mm. is Italian, and he won mm. for Best Score. Uh, a bunch of the people from Mad Max Fury Road, which were a lot of Australians, uh, won. I remember this lady came up in a big motorcycle jacket mm-hmm. and accepted yep. her award, and I was like, oh, this lady is not from America, because I think otherwise she would have dressed nice for the yeah. Oscars. Yeah. Uh, but she won, I think, for Best Costume, which yeah. is cool that, like, the motorcycle jacket lady is uh, the costume lady. Yeah, I um, think, I think um, as far as, like, extended awards so like people like cinematographers mm-hmm. and costume designers i think that those nominations were a bit more diverse but Definitely. i don't think there was a single non-white actor no uh no i think yeah all the actors were white i think that is correct um correct us if we're wrong uh, yeah. but you can't use the internet in uh dictator trumps you can't, uh, you can't. <laughs> what if we get what if we get to uh october and we find out we're wrong. We get we get to the we get to is it October or November when we November vote? is November eighteenth. Uh, Jan- January is is the inauguration. Okay, so, so what if we get there yeah. and we find out it's we're not wrong. Trump? It's not Trump's America. It's not Trump's America. Well, then you're still free to use the internet. Is he still going to become dictator? I feel like he has enough power. That's He's hungry probably enough. True. Yeah. His I, hair I mean, just is going to extend. Do you think his hair is an alien? <laughs> <laughs> I hope it is. <laughs> His hair just like starts growing like the thing, and it just starts eating, like devouring people. Like, oh, oh man. man, Cloverfield three, dude, I'd watch that oh, so man. quickly. <laughs> um, hello. Uh, oh, so the Oscars, yeah, the Oscars. so white, so white. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, I think that that Chris Rock really nailed it in his like opening speech slash stand up routine mm-hmm. um and 
he was just like, listen, this is this is like an issue of the Academy. Leo gets a great film every year. Mm-hmm. And there are other great actors that are not Leo that get passed by. Actors of color. Yeah. And even there were actors that would have probably deserved nominations. Uh, the first one that comes to mind would be in... Uh, the the newest Rocky film. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Michael yeah, B. Jordan exactly was passed was up for nomination in favor of Sylvester Stallone. Well, Sylvester Stallone was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, but yes, yeah, he was the w- only white actor essentially in that movie was nominated for an award in a mostly black movie directed by a black man. Yes. <laughs> I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think to blame the Oscars, I think, is wrong. I think the problem is that there are not a whole lot of opportunities mm-hmm. for black actors um, in Hollywood right now. Uh, if you are someone who is uh, casting a film, um, most main roles go to white actors. Uh, most roles that are offered to black actors are stereotypical. Um, mm-hmm. I think we even discussed Definitely. that a little when we were talking about Samuel L. Jackson. I think he's a great actor, mm-hmm. but... He can't get roles that don't exist. Yeah. He's going to play stereotypical black men uh, because those are the roles that are available. So, look, I think if you are someone who works in Hollywood and you listen to this, one, we're very thankful that you listen to us. Like, we're glad that this isn't something that's listened to by our moms alone. But put put black people in your movie. And don't, like, put in one of those weird clauses. I just saw this earlier today. Uh, there was a flick that came out and they were casting and um, they literally had in their casting role, it said uh, they were looking for women of color, but it even said like light-skinned women of color, Beyonce type. And that was like dark-skinned, like do not. And, oh, oh man, like that sucks. Like uh, Vi- Viola Davis, like p- put her in your movie. She's great. Like yeah. there's no reason to not put her in your film like you know what i'd love like there's hamilton that's out right now mm-hmm. and people love hamilton and they have all the white roles played by people of color go make a freaking movie about fdr and make viola davis your eleanor roosevelt like yeah. that'd be so cool i'd be so into that yeah and and like i mean i feel like that one it would be a little tough because there is a historical element to it but there's really no excuse when you're writing like fictional pieces mm-hmm. there's no excuse to favor a white person over a black person or Definitely. any other person of color and i don't even say like look we've done we've done an injustice on the side of like when doing historical pieces we've cast white people as a lot of other races so like there's no reason to look at a movie and be like oh well this person's white they need to be played by a white actor no shut up you've made white people play asian people cloud atlas like <laughs> yeah what's that recent uh disney movie um about it's like a western and johnny depp plays a native american uh uh that is um cowboy cowboy guy yeah cowboy guy <laughs> Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger. Good, good. so good oh, at off-the-cuff <laughs> off movie mentions. Yeah. But Arnie, yeah. Arnie Hammer yeah. is uh, and the so, He's the Lone like, Ranger. And I understand why they did that, because like Johnny Depp is a wacky character actor. Who may or may not beat his wife. <laughs> Who may or may not. <laughs> we don't know. If you're reading today's headlines. Hey, whoever's <laughs> listening to this and if lives the in the future. future you know. Oh, man. <laughs> we need that technology. <laughs> but yeah, so like he's a wacky character actor, so I see the appeal. But, like, even in, like, a goofy, quirky comedy that's made by Disney, you probably should not cast white people in non-white roles anymore. Yep. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) 
okay, so today we're talking about The Revenant, uh, the feature film about uh, bears. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it is about frontier times, uh, the early 1800s. Uh, Tom Hardy and Leonardo DiCaprio are two people basically collecting pelts uh, for, for money uh, with a group of other men and are trying to survive. Leo uh, has some things happen to him. Uh, specifically, I think everyone knows he gets attacked by a bear. Yep. Um, and because of this, ends up on a kind of a revenge trip against Tom Hardy's character. And that is the crux of the film. Uh, this movie is directed by Alejandro G. Inaritu, uh, starring Leo, Tom Hardy, and then also Dom Hall Gleason is in this, who I did not know he was in this film. Me either, until I saw him. I was pleasantly Love surprised. Him. Uh, anyway... Um, what are your thoughts about this movie? What were you, what were, what was uh, your baggage walking into this movie? What were you thinking? So this was uh, its own kind of baggage because Leo has really developed a reputation in recent years, especially. Um, I think probably going back to like Shutter Island, Inception, he released like back-to-back-to-back movies um, around five to eight years ago that were just all great movies. So as soon as I see Leo's going to be in a movie now, I'm thinking it's going to get nominated for several Oscars and it's going to be a great film. And so that's kind of like a backwards baggage that I walked into this film with. I was excited to see it and I had high expectations. Yeah, I um, have a different thought about Leo. Really? Leo makes movies and it's not even negative. It's not that negative. He makes movies that are Oscar bait. Um, he makes movies with the attempt of trying to get an Oscar. And honestly, that was one of the big narratives about this movie when it came out was Leo wants an Oscar so bad he'll eat a bison heart. Yeah. Leo wants an Oscar so bad he'll sleep inside a dead horse. Like, what what won't Leo do to get an Oscar for this movie? Um, I even think that that goes back even further. I look at Gangs of New York in 2002, really everything after that, The Aviator, The Departed, Blood yeah. Diamond, Revolutionary Road, Shutter Island, yeah. all of these are like, I'm trying to get an Oscar. Look at me do yeah. this great performance. And I will say, I think, for the most part, has delivered pretty great performances. I honestly do think, like, looking back at The Aviator, you should have given him the award then. Like, Howard, his role of Howard Hughes drifting into madness sure. is near perfect. Sure. Um, but, yeah, there is kind of this narrative behind it. I, there, there was also this... Um, I do like the movie Birdman, Alejandro G. Inaritu's first film. Yep. Uh, Birdman that we saw uh, that came out last year um, it was released to a lot of acclaim at one best picture and uh, it was very interesting throughout and I enjoyed it but for some reason there, there even though I enjoyed it there was a pretension to it and I felt to myself this guy thinks he's the best and uh, Alejandro G. Naruto, um to watch this, there's almost like this sense of inside of me. I was like, okay, dude, you think you're the best? Prove that you're the best again. Like, go up there, make another perfect movie if you think that you can do it like so well. So I walked in with a little bit of like a negative uh, feeling that I I wanted this movie to overcome. I, I had you, positive. You wanted to not like it? Um, A part of me did. I think a little bit, and, and I'll talk about this more in this podcast. A part of me is a contrarian. Like when people love something, I'm just like, I don't like it. And uh, there's a part of me that's like that, and I want to acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, But there was, like, even though I did like Birdman, I thought there was, like, this pretentious vibe to it. Sure. And it beat Boyhood, and, like, that makes me really mad because I love Boyhood. Boyhood, so Um, good. Boyhood, so good. Um, (laughs) That's a good catch. Why wasn't that the slogan? There you go. That's going to be... 
our, for the our Criterion re-release of that movie, put that on the cover. Boyhood. Boyhood. So good. So good. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, we walked into this movie with po- positive or negative baggage. We had baggage uh, regardless. Um, Zach, what are some initial thoughts about this movie? What do you think people need to know about this movie? Oh, man. It... Uh it's got some of the most gorgeous cinematography I've seen. And um, so it's it's interesting that you pointed out it's the same uh, same director as Birdman. Um, and I believe it's this, he brought the same cinematographer along with him. I believe that is also correct. Yes. And so these two, they do really, really creative things together. And from the, like one of the first scenes, I was noticing really great um, creative camera angles where there's a, an opening battle scene um, between a Native American tribe and uh, the frontiersmen. And there's all these great shots where the camera is following certain characters, and then it'll end with that character's death, and then it'll follow another one in a continuous motion, very similar to much of Birdman. Yep. Um, and... And Gravity, for that matter, which uh, yeah. Emmanuel Lubezki also did. And he's won the Oscar three years in a row yeah. for cinematography, which I don't believe anyone else has ever done. He just does such great work. Um, on top of that, he does he has really creative lens choices on a lot of shots. He's using a 12-millimeter lens, which creates this very strange distorted effect. Mm-hmm. And it really creates an unsettling feeling to the audience and uses them for close-up shots. Yeah. So, like, the background scenery is, like, warping behind Leo and it's just like, whoa. The, yeah. Just the cinematography is stunning. The landscapes are gorgeous. The color palette is almost perfect. Um, this was a very, very well shot film for me. Uh, I would say, technically speaking, this is a great film. Uh, there is great cinematography, great score. The music's yeah. fantastic throughout it as well. Uh we're going to talk about who's best and worst actor, but really, once again, like Hateful Eight, this is a movie that really doesn't have a bad performance. It's a solid flick throughout. Everyone's doing their best, and uh, it comes across. There's a reason why both Tom Hardy and Leo were nominated for, and Leo won uh, for Oscars um, for these roles. Um, Dom Hall Gleason's always great, so, I mean, there's no chance that that was ever going to be bad. Um, it, it, and I think even the direction, like for what the movie was trying to accomplish, I think was also like Inaritu's. I I will say like even though I still have a little bit of this thought about him that there may be some pretension there. I don't know. I'm not trying to in any way like uh, slander you, Inaritu. Uh, but we know uh, you listen to this podcast. Yeah, dude. I'm, I mean, you you were an early adopter. You were here with us from the hateful eight episode. Look, dude, I'm not in any way trying to slander you. Um, I would love to see more interviews with you. I will probably keep watching all of your movies Absolutely. until they start stinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't make them stink and I'll keep watching them and I probably will come around, uh, to, to loving you. Um, anyway, all that to say, I think technically speaking, mm-hmm. this is a great film. Everything is done with the highest level of um, precision. Absolutely. Okay. Here's my problem with this movie. Okay. And it's my main issue. This movie takes forever. Oh, yeah. And, like, I remember I was talking about it beforehand, we're like, this is like a three-hour-plus movie. And it's not. It's like two and a half and some change. Really? Yeah, yeah. 
but it feels it feels super long. It totally does. Um, and I get it because you're trying to like build the feeling of like, look at Leo suffering, look at yeah. what he's going through, yeah. and like it's grueling and it's tragic. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm sitting and watching it, and I'm like, oh, dude, just yeah. get to him and Tom Hardy together. Yeah. Like, get some big conflict happening. And I think even from another standpoint, I was trying to think like what to compare it to and what I like. And I think the thing that would have made me love this movie is if when Leo gets into like predicaments as he's trying to like get back to this Mm -hmm. village and as he's trying to get to Tom Hardy, uh, if he had to like creatively solve problems, I think Mm -hmm. I would have been way more happy. There's one scene where he's getting chased by a bunch of Native Americans Mm -hmm. and he's going to get killed. And he's basically riding his horse, spoiler alert, and he just rides his horse off a cliff. And I I thought to myself, wait a minute, what? That's not like a plan. (laughs) That's like, let's hope for the best. Yeah, like ride this horse off a cliff, land in a tree, and then he like wakes up in the snow. Like, who knows if you're gonna live? Like, there's a like a good chance you die right there. Definitely, I don't know. Like, I just, I a a part of me was like, I want to see that creative problem solving. I want to see more like just him, like maybe like dealing with other people. Obviously, he has a lot of internal tension, and I think. I was listening to, uh, there's a YouTube channel called Channel Criswell, and they just did a little piece. I know I don't know when we'll release this. Maybe this will be uh, forever from now. Yeah. But he just did a piece on how to do dialogue in movies mm-hmm. and how there's this lie um, in filmmaking that show don't tell is always better. Mm. Um, that if we show someone's like feelings, if we show them uh, experience something, if we can tell a story without saying anything, that will be stronger than saying something. However, he basically is like, that's not true. Like, words can do a lot. They can tell us about people. They can uh, help move the, the story along. They can make us laugh. They, like, that is a big part of, of filmmaking is uh, the dialogue. And this movie, I think, kind of believes that lie of show, don't tell. And they very frequently show us a lot of things with Leo, and he's convincing, and it's good. But the problem is, is that because of that, I feel like it loses a little bit of depth for me because mm-hmm. like we, it's just him showing his emotions. Like there's lots of shots of him like spitting w- through wincing, his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like uh, I don't know, man. Like I just I wanted there to be more. Uh, yeah. I guess is if I'm watching a two and a half hour movie, mm-hmm. I want to be able to be able have to describe it in more than like two sentences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And for me, there were a lot of like. It, it, I found my I found myself at certain points having a hard time uh, with the suspension of belief um, mm-hmm. because he this, doesn't. No one dies. They yeah, just keep this, coming back. This, Him this, and Tom Hardy yeah. keep coming back. This dude is 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 virtually eaten by a bear, mm-hmm. um, and then like he's like being like carried around by his his fleet of people, and then at some point he's he's left behind. Up to this point, the dude cannot even turn his head. Yes, and then all of a sudden he's like crawling across the frontier trying to catch up to people and i was just like this is going to take him forever and he's going to die of exposure and then he doesn't he ends up swimming down a river and i'm just like now he's going to die of exposure and he just keeps not dying yeah and there's so many things where i'm just like (laughs) there's so many things where it's just like this this character should have died many times and you're not appealing to the true story of whatever happened anymore you're appealing to the legend yeah. And so that kind of bothered me. Either, yeah, I, that was a thought that I had because I knew that it was based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, either this is uh, 
like blown up for mm-hmm. like movie's sake and it's like oh dude he like you know fell off this cliff and he lived and yeah he went down that river yeah. and he lived and he mm-hmm. was buried alive and he lived like either that is like you're embellishing that because mm-hmm. it's like he like I, like we want to tell an interesting story yeah. or that bear attack at the beginning of the movie is not really that bad. Like he was yeah. just kind of hurt. And then they're yeah. like, let's go on without him. And then he's like, no, <laughs> I'm going to kill Tom Hardy. <laughs> uh, yeah. One or one or the other happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't really know what the truth is. We'll never know what the or truth like is. S- someone takes in this injured frontiersman and like nurtures him for three years. And then he goes oh, yeah, after yeah, yeah. somebody. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about that bear attack. Yeah. Um, this is a scene that you probably knew about. If you watched the Oscars, you mm-hmm. actually saw Leslie Jones in the place of the bear attacking Leo, mm-hmm. which is in a very funny clip mm-hmm. of her just slamming Leo against the ground saying, why aren't any black people in this movie? <laughs> that You've probably heard at the very least that there is a bear attack in this movie. There's a bunch of articles leading up to this movie mm-hmm. uh, because it was described by the MPAA as like, a rape by a bear. Oh, wow. And then the people who made it, they came out, they're like, oh, the bear doesn't rape him. Okay, <laughs> like, it's fine. Like, the bear just destroys him. Yeah. It's not rape. Um, so I, It maims I, him within an inch of his life. Yeah. It's completely fine. <laughs> oh, dude, uh, real quick side. I remember watching a commercial for this movie when I was at my parents' house. I was hanging out with my dad, and the commercial comes on, and it ends, and my dad, who is a very soft-spoken, like, strong man just turns to me like he's a strong dude like mm-hmm. he's the kind of guy that you'd go cam- like maybe you'd go camping with like he's a strong guy he turns to me and he just goes that movie looks like a little much doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> like as i was watching it i kept thinking to myself like my dad's right this movie is a little much um okay bear attack scene yep what were your thoughts um decent cgi yeah um like there were parts where i was like this kind of looks like it's not real but i also like parts of it i'm just like oh wow that like did they use a real bear um (laughs) and so like especially like some of like the um i don't know maybe choreography it would maybe be the right word the way that they um that they made the bear behave in this attack seemed very realistic Mm -hmm. um like there are parts where it's like jumping up and down on him and stuff like that and just like kind of like toying with them um and so i i was just really impressed with with uh kind of the visual storytelling sure. that they that they went to. Uh here's the thing. Okay, I, I agree. I think the yeah. bear looks pretty good. Like mm-hmm. they keep bringing the camera pretty close to Leo mm-hmm. and they have the bear's face right next to Leo's face like <sighs> yeah, breathing yep. Yep. and like you, know, you get to see the spittle come out of the bear's mm-hmm. mouth and stuff yep. like that. It looks good. Yeah. No one will say that Alejandro G. Inarritu has made a movie that looks bad. These yes. both of these movies look great, mm-hmm. including the CGI in both of them. Um Here's my thought. Here's what why this movie maybe started to lose me and then kind of kept losing me throughout. Um, uh, Leo's character at this point, Hugh Glass um, is his name. He gets mauled by the bear and he waits for the... He pretends to be dead. And mm-hmm. the bear is like breathing in his face. He's like, ooh, is this guy dead? The bear leaves. Yep. The bear leaves. And uh, uh, at this point... Glass, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, picks up his gun and gets ready for the bear to come back mm-hmm. and he gets ready to shoot the bear. Yep. And I kept thinking to myself, dude, just don't 
do anything. Just, Let this bear leave. Dead. Yeah. And it, it, I think maybe it does fit into the tone of the movie of like, this is a guy that's like, I'm getting attacked. I'm going to attack back. Yeah, like he says, definitely. like, there's that line. He's like, as long as I have breath in my lungs, I should continue to fight. Like yeah. he says that to his son. Um, and he says it kind of throughout. Like, I think you hear him say it a couple times. Uh, it makes sense within his character, but mm-hmm. it just made him an unlikable character for me. I was like, dude, just let you know, pretend to be dead and let the bear leave. Yeah. No, man, I gotta fight this bear. And he like shoots the bear. Yeah. He stabs the bear. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. just I, I think that's fair. Leave the bear alone. Yeah, I know the bear attacked you. The bear, it sucks that the bear attacked you, but yeah. like you know, just leave the bear alone and mm-hmm. life will go on. Yeah, those are all my thoughts on this movie. You got any thoughts on this movie? Uh, no, no. Uh, I have a side rant. Is it time yes! for that? Zach's first side My rant. First side rant. Sa- first side rant for Zach. Yeah. I'm very excited. I don't know what this is. Let's ready? hear it. Yeah, I'm ready. Magic indigenous people. <laughs> Can we stop? Like, seriously, I can't tell you how many movies I've seen where someone is like going to die and then like some ancient magical indigenous tribe person, witch doctor, comes up, blows some steam at them, and then they're better the next day. And, like, for a majority of this movie, I'm pretty confident Leo is walking around with a broken leg. And immediately after this happens, he's running across fields. And I was just like, this is crap. I'm supposed to believe this is a true story. You're not appealing to anything true right now. Right. You just used a deus ex machina and wrote this act of God into the story that was not there. Yes. And that's irritating to me. Um, I agree with what you're saying. I also thought for some reason, like, uh, tell me your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. I, I naturally care mm-hmm. about, like, people who aren't white. I don't know. Like, so uh, when I see, like, in a movie, like, someone of color, someone who is not white, mm-hmm. I try to care for that person. Mm-hmm. I did not care about the Native Americans in this movie. Like, they didn't give me, like, every person in this movie, with the exception of Don Hall Gleason, mm-hmm. like, I didn't care, like, none of their stories did I care about. I yeah. was like, these are all kind of crappy people. Yeah, um, I mean, they, they did vi- virtually no character building. Like, they created these people basically to be savages, with the yeah! exception with the yeah, exception of this like, one. It, yeah. It's kind of justifying, like, oh, hey, you know yeah. how, like, they treated them as savages? Well, mm. they have a story, but ultimately it comes down to, like, they were really mean. Like, mm. all the Native Americans, at least in this movie, all the Arakara, mm. are really mean to the white people. So the white people are just mean back. It's just, yeah. like, you know, it's never-ending. Like, yep. no, shut up. Like, we were yeah. bad to, like, the Native we, Americans. We did horrible things. <laughs> Um, and like there, there are parts of that that are hinted in this film, but I think that like, I think at one point, one of the native American chiefs said something like I'm taking, he says to the French guy, he's like, I'm taking your horses. You guys have taken everything from us. So I'm taking your horses. That's a little bit like, okay, yes. Like that is how I feel like I should feel about these people. That and, um, and they're, they're using a, uh, a person as a commodity at one point in the film too. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, just like magic. Indigenous people mm-hmm. don't don't rely on that crappy plot line in your films, especially if you're appealing to a true story. What like, do you think about better than that? What do you think about uh, as uh, Spike Lee uh, calls it uh, the magical Negro? What do you think about when black people are magic? In I don't like magic any people. <laughs> I'm just gonna unless it's, no person uh, should be magic unless it's movie. unless it's now you see me too. Don't use magic. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a movie you are very excited about. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, <Let's>... also sarcastic. <laughs> uh, he's about as excited about that as he is about Dictator Trump. Um, 
In Trump's America, we can only watch movies with magic. You in know them. they're they're making a Now You See Me three. Are they? Oh. Yeah, already. Um, I'll, I have my own side rant about that if we end up, ever end up watching it. Oh man. <laughs> Share your voice, audience. Make us watch Now You See Me 1 and 2. I haven't seen one. Zach has. Uh, okay, so we're, we're not talking about Now You See Me. We're talking about The, the Revenant. Revenant. Uh, this is the part of the show where we rank the actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we've talked about, um, we kind of think all the actors have done a good job. Do you agree with that, or you, do you oh, have someone that yeah. you Yeah, No, I, I, have a, I have a difficult time um, choosing someone. And in these situations, I kind of am inclined to choose like the people that I saw the least of, and I kind of want to avoid that and like limit myself to the top build cast on IMDb. So there's four options. Okay, so you're picking from the top yeah. four for best yeah, and worst, which are which are Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy, Will Poulter, and Dom Dom Nall. I always say Don Don Hall Gleason. Okay, Don Hall Gleason. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Um, but yeah, those are the four I'm going to choose from because the other characters, including... Tom Ogleason, tell us how to pronounce your name. <laughs> in, in, including Forrest Goodluck, uh, who played Hawk, um, yes. Leonardo DiCaprio's son. He's just not really in the film enough for me to make sure. an educated decision on okay. his acting chops. So I'm going to avoid him. Okay. And the rest of the understudy. Cast okay. Members. Well, you make me want to change my worst because I was going to pick Forrest Goodluck as my worst. See, I, I was too. Um, okay, well, let's, let me say why. I agree with mm-hmm. you that, like, it's hard to pick people. Mm-hmm. Even though last episode I picked Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> as my worst actor. When in, he was the best. Uh, Zoolander <laughs> 2. Um, the reason I was going to say he was the worst is that he has to... He, he's basically watching his father die. Mm-hmm. And uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is playing his father. And I thought to myself during it, I thought, he should be emoting more. There should be more mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And I didn't feel like there was i don't know and that was like the whole conversation but there's a part where basically there's a misunderstanding between him and tom hardy and uh i was just like oh just talk to each other just say words to each other this he's he's like help help i don't know and that's there's a hard thing like there's some movies where i think i feel very comfortable blaming a person Mm -hmm. and being like you did a bad job acting but this could just come down to like Inaritu sat and watched it. He was like, okay, that's what I want from this character. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Just so like it's very it. hard for me to pick. Yeah, I would say that he he definitely, it was a weak performance. It could have just been a weak character. Um, if we were going between the other four, Will Poulter, Dom Hall Gleason, Tom Hardy, Leonardo DiCaprio, by process of elimination, it's I'd pick Will, Will Poulter. Poulter. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, and almost for the same reason, I yeah. guess. Uh, it, it, like I said, this was a difficult movie to find a bad performance um, but it's really between those two. They're kind of like the boys in the film. The boys they're, next to the yeah, men. Yeah, they're, they're these inexperienced, like, wet-behind-the-ear characters. And, yeah, just both of their performances were not at the level of everybody else in this film. Those three. Those yeah. main three were crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so out of the main three, who's your fave, bro? Tom Hardy. Oh, dude, I'm there, too! Yes, Tom Hardy's the best! Tom Hardy is a brilliant actor. I've never seen a role of his that I didn't love. Yep. Um, and he just like, you know, like kind of going back to the whole dialogue thing, like he has some of the best dialogue in this film mm-hmm. um, and he just delivers it masterfully. And I just believe his character all the way through. And I thought that he did a wonderful job. Tom Hardy, keep playing characters whose voices we can't understand what you're saying yes like i don't know why 
but like I'm drawn to it. Like some of the, I I would turn on the subtitles when he was talking, and then I would turn them back off. And like I did it a couple times during the movie. And uh, I don't know, dude. Like you are uh, just fully going into these characters yeah. to the point where I'm like, this feels realistic. Yeah. Because I can't understand you fully. And the dude has, like, the ability to do any accent. Yeah, like, he's, he's great. He's, like, got a very, like, thick British accent, if mm-hmm. you hear him speak. And the dude can erase it and reconstruct anything. Yeah. Just even think of, like, the the roles that you know Tom Hardy for. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't really... He's not a typecast actor. No, absolutely He plays very not. different actors. Yeah, he's, he's great, so... Um, yeah, Tom Hardy was the the best. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we agree on that. I was yes. ready to have a Leo versus Tom fight. Oh, but, no. Uh, I'm, Leo, I'm glad he finally got an Oscar. This shouldn't have been the movie. Yeah, dude. I agree. I think he's good, but he doesn't uh, get to show a whole lot. Yeah. It's just him spitting through his teeth yeah. and like, yeah. my son! <laughs> like, he should have he gotten an Oscar for uh, Aviator. He should have gotten an Oscar, in my opinion, for Django. Okay. Just because of the way that he rolled with it after he sliced his hand open mm-hmm. in real life. Um, I don't know. Little, like, tidbits like that. I just enjoy those. Yeah. Like, it, when, when actors, like are able to actually injure themselves on set and not break character. That's just beautiful. Um, but yeah, this, this movie, it wasn't, it wasn't Leo's best performance. And I think that Tom Hardy, if anyone from this film should have gotten the, the award, it would have been Tom, but I don't think anyone from this film really delivered an Oscar worthy performance, Mm. especially with the competition from last year, because like the Danish girl, I saw that film. You love Eddie Redmayne. In I that. believe he was a woman, yeah. and he believed. I believe he believed he was a woman. Yeah. It was amazing. I've never seen a performance like that. Okay, well, we're getting close to the end. Do, would you like to give a ten-second review of this movie? Yeah, um, I would say this movie is technically excellent. It is uh, gorgeous cinematography, and it is a good story that unfortunately does have a couple of. Uh, I don't know, plot holes might be a strong word, but just a couple of weaknesses. My review is, there is beauty in brevity. Mm. I like that. I made my review short, too, so that way it would match. That's, like, poetic. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so it's time for us to review this movie on a scale Mm -hmm. of one, or zero. We're allowed to give zeros. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so if a movie's, like, incredibly racist, we can just Mm -hmm. be like, no, we hate it, zero. Mm -hmm. We can't even give it one. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess there's other things that we could give it zero for. Yeah, like Zoolander 3, just for being a third oh, man. take of Zoolander. Guys, if if Zoolander <laughs> 3 comes out, we are watching it. Oh, gosh. There's no way we don't watch it. Oh. Okay, we're getting we're going long on this episode. Yeah. Um, s- scale of 0 to 100, would you like to go first or should I? It doesn't matter to me. Okay, I will go first. I'm going to give it a 64. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's low. Um I wasn't expecting it to be that low, but it's not that much lower than mine. Okay. So I would have given it a 72. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that's the thing. Okay, can I say one last, like, goodbye comment, a parting comment about this film? Sure. I feel like people gave it a good review because they were like, oh, this is what an Oscar movie is supposed to be like, right? They came into it with the baggage that I came into it with, and they were like, this is going to be a great movie, so I'm going to say that it's great. And, and, I mean, yeah. and if, and if you were to look at the movie and try and like judge its parts, mm-hmm. like I think the ending's the strongest. And Definitely. I think you can walk away from the movie having those good vibes yeah. because of the ending and then kind of like viewing it all through that lens of the mm-hmm. ending. 
I think it's really good to step away and take a breather from a movie before mm-hmm. you give it a rating, like before you give it a review. Uh, I remember walking away from the Avengers and being like, oh, that movie was great. It was one of the best movies I ever saw. And then like a week later, I was like, oh, that movie was good. Mm. Like that's that's about where I put it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so give yourself a breather and try and all that baggage we're talking about, try and eliminate that baggage. Try mm-hmm. and watch it with clean and clear eyes. Yes. Well, it's time for the end of the show. Uh, we've still not decided on what our closing comment should be uh, at the end of each episode. Zach, do you have a closing uh, a little tag? Magic is for magicians and not for indigenous people. <laughs> is that how we want to end every episode? <laughs> Magic is for magicians and not for indigenous people. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> Next week on $5 Film Club, does Ryan Reynolds look good in spandex? I think we all know the answer to that. However, you'll just have to picture it in your mind until next week when we watch Deadpool. Thank you for listening to $5 Film Club. This is Alex George. Uh, $5 Film Club is a part of the Stained Glass Collective, which Zach and I run. Yeah. And if you are interested in finding out more about what Zach and I do, well, you can follow us on our personal Twitter handles, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. You can find me at Georgie Porgy, which is G-E-O-R-G-E-Y, P-O-O-R-G-E-Y. And you can find me at Zach Wright Music, Z-A-C-H-W-R-I-G-H-T, music spelled just the same. Music spelled like music. Yeah. Hearing your Twitter handle is music to my ears. Oh, beautiful. Uh, <laughs> if you are just interested in altogether what Stained Glass Collective is up to, you can find us on Twitter at Stained Glass Web. And then our Instagram account, Zach. At Stained Glass Collective. Fantastic. And hopefully we'll see you everywhere. We're taking over the world. <laughs> Trump, 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 <laughs> Trump. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.